in the morning when you need the news that matters most. They can kiss my f***ing ass right downtown and print it. You need the front page. All these mother editorials. On the press box. They're really, really behind you around here. My f***ing ass. With Graney and Bischoff. Rip them mother Rip them touching suckers like the f***ing players. Okay, got to give a shout out to Tabitha McFarland, who on Twitter just told me it's Fry's Grocery Store that sponsors the Phoenix Mercury. And in the last seven seconds of me Googling it here, Fry's Grocery is, it's Kroger, uh, Smith's. Oh, like here oh Smith's. yeah. Okay, right. okay. They, they just, yeah. Well, they, I'm giving a shout out to Tabitha because on her Twitter feed, it says, I don't tweet much, but when I do, it's important. <laughs> Tabitha, this was important because we had absolutely yeah. no idea what we were talking about. So thank you very much for that correction. And now it makes all the sense in the world hey, that they are sponsored by Fry's. At least we were loud while we were wrong. Yes, we were wrong, but we were very loud about it. it they are. They were founded by the same family. The same people now that, that makes founded sense Fry's Electronics, how, founded Fry's. The three brothers and the girlfriend. I, I don't know. So the, the supermarket members. survived, but the electronics okay. store went well, down in flames? I think the supermarket must have got bought by Kroger, and that's why it survived. <laughs> hey, I think is what if happened If you can here. get bought by Kroger, I'm just saying I recommend it. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you, Tabitha. Thanks, it is Tabitha. Fry's Grocery that sponsors the Phoenix Mercury, not the now non-existent Fry's Electronics. Oh, by the way, real quick, Jared, you like Tabitha. She's tweeting about Gardner Minshew. Oh, boy. All right, I'm on my way to follow her. Is Tabitha like our biggest fan? Jeez, Gardner Minshew and correcting us about Fry's Grocery? No, come on. Tabitha made the mistake of stopping on the station. She heard we're a bunch of idiots <laughs> saying Fry's, and she's already turned the channel. Next question. The Dodgers and Giants both won last night, so the lead in the NL West is still two games for the Giants. I mean, I don't know why people just, just end it. Let them, run on the, let them drink their champagne. Let them run on the field. It's going to be... The Cardinals, having won 20-something straight because they're at 17 now, playing a one-game playoff. Wainwright versus Scherzer, which I would believe would probably be Monday or Tuesday of next week. It'd have to be because they're going to start right away. Probably Tuesday. Give Cardinals one day to travel. It'll be Tuesday, and they'll play at Dodger Stadium, and the winner goes on. It's over. You think the Diamondbacks or, or the Padres? How about last? Yeah, Tingler. Uh, yeah, you, Darvish. This is the last start. No, he's scheduled to pitch this weekend. No, we don't think so. Yeah, thanks for checking in. How about that? And he took him out like after four last night. I was like, is he on a pitch count? Is his pitch count 32 tonight? Because he's barely throwing any pitches and you're still taking him out. So I'm not, I'm not, I have no faith in Jace Tingler that, you know, all of a sudden in the weekend, you know, Tatis's shoulder's hurt and we're not going to play him either. They're, he's going to sit everybody. Which, all you need is which, two losses. Again, go undefeated and get two losses. Not going to rip anyone. If they, if they lose out on it, that's on them. They didn't do enough. If, listen, the Diamondbacks were like two runs away. If they score, what, two more runs last night, it's a one-game lead with five to play. It's true. You got a chance. Who's but got they the didn't. tiebreaker? Do you know it's the tiebreaker? Well, they'll play a one-game playoff. Oh, they will? Yes, but it will be in San Francisco because San Francisco won 10-8 on the series. Oh, that's what I'm cheering for. So, Oh, my well, God. Well, you know who's, who's really cheering for that? The Cardinals. The Cardinals. You're, yes. Because you'd have to throw Scherzer. So you're telling me. The Dodgers could play a one-game playoff against the Giants in San Francisco. Burn Scherzer, yes, and, they'd and have then to, go to the wild card. The and next burn. I don't know if it's the next day, but it's either the next day or the next, you know, two yeah. days later. And burn Bueller, I would assume. Uh, no, it'd be Urias. It would be Urias. Because Bueller was last night, Scherzer's tonight, then Urias. And then if you win that, then you get game one against <laughs> the Giants. Shot, nine to one yeah. Giants. What a disaster that would be. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it's a this they play. Great. I thought it was 10-8 Giants win, but I heard the other night. No, they play. It will be in San Francisco on Monday if, in fact, they tie. Phenomenal. You want that more than anything. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> two two chances? Oh, that's great. <laughs> two chances for them to get knocked yes. out before the real round starts. Oh, it's starts. great. <laughs> See, and I'm thinking, how do they bring Bauer back? <laughs> for game one. Man, you know, that's a great question. Richard Sermon has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You think he actually plays this week? You think he signs on a Wednesday, plays on a Sunday against the New England Patriots? I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if he's out there. He's been out for a long time, but I'm assuming he's in shape. Right. Yeah, that's the big assumption, but I I think that's a fair assumption at this point. I don't know that Tampa Bay would be signing him if he was... 20 pounds over. Breathing heavy while walking up the stairs (laughs) to the meeting or something like that. Uh, But yeah, I... I kind of think he plays, too, for Tampa Bay, Um, even though it does sound weird to sign a guy on Wednesday and have him playing on Sunday. Maybe he only plays, you know, 30% of the snaps or something like that for Tampa Bay. But I kind of feel like he plays. I kind of feel like they signed him partially for this game. They say, hey, we got a big one on Sunday night. We need uh, Richard Sherman in here to help us out defensively. So Richard Sherman back in the NFL. Matt Jones Jones throwing one? (sighs) I'll say no on that. Yeah. Because I don't know. Like you said, I don't know how many snaps he'll play. That'd be... That'd be great. Yeah. I don't think he'll get one. I think Brady's rolling him. Probably. Probably. Not going on any limbs here, but I just have a feeling because, you know, the Patriots are emotional and the crowd and emotion, but I just think Brady's going to roll him. Yeah. I mean, Tampa Bay's better. Yeah. They're a better team. I don't care about him. Next question. PSG beat Man City 2-0 in the Champions League yesterday. Still in the group stage, but Lionel Messi scored an incredible goal, and Man City actually outshot PSG 18-6 but lost the game two to nothing, mainly because Lionel Messi is phenomenal. When are we going to do another? And uh... he's vaccinated. <laughs> he, I, I heard that. Jared, we are not doing another bet where you get every team but two. Oh, yeah, that's in a, right. In a 30-plus team tournament. Um, I do have another Champions League question for you. Have you ever heard of the country of Moldova? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Do you know where it is on a map, Jared? No. Yeah. I, I okay. want to go Eastern Europe, but... So that's... it's a country situated between Romania and Ukraine. Eastern Europe. They, Good job, Jared. They have a soccer team uh, called FC Sheriff, who qualified for the Champions League and beat Real Madrid yesterday. Wow. <laughs> Moldova? Good. Moldova. Yes. FC Sheriff? FC Sheriff out of Moldova. Do they have a 60-year-old manager who <laughs> went on the field and started paying Real Madrid players after the game? They do not. Um, <laughs> the population of Moldova is about that of Las Vegas, 2.6 million wow. people. So when the USSR broke up, there was a bunch of countries that basically went, well, all the rich people live here, so let's just be our own country. I'm pretty sure Moldova, Moldova was one, one of, of those. Yeah, where it was just like, we could all just drive Lamborghinis. <laughs> it's very confusing. So you don't have to pay those players. Yeah. They're I, all rich. I've never heard of Moldova until yesterday. I didn't even know it was a real country. Couldn't have told you it was a real country. Don't even know how to pronounce the capital of that city or I'd tell you what it was. <laughs> Next question. Kyrie Irving could end up taking the vaccine. Uh, story from Yahoo. League sources believe Irving will wind up taking the vaccine, citing influence from his close friend and teammate, Kevin Durant. I said this, I think, yesterday. There's going to be, and now some will go to the wall. Hello, 
the uh, Orlando Magic Center. Um, but some will go to the wall. But I didn't think Kyrie would. I think Durant would have uh, said, look, we can win it. If you don't do this, here are all the protocols you're going to have to deal with. Why would you do this to this team? I think Durant probably pressured him a little, and I think he's going to get it. We said that yesterday. Most most that are holding out are going to go into that season and see how different their lives are and where they can't play and cities they can't go into, and they'll get the vaccine. Now, there will be a couple that go to the wall. Um, we've seen some quotes, but I never thought Kyrie was one. I mean, you can win the championship, but you're not going to play in all these cities, and you're, you know, you're not going to play here. There's no Durant had to pull him aside and say, look, man. This, this can't happen. You've got to get this thing. I am curious how those conversations are between teammates. Between who Durant are and Kyrie? To, who are trying to encourage somebody else to get the vaccine. Because, like, we had the Rolling Stones story, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who came out and just hammered They're them. They're causing the death and, of right, others. Like, you're contributing to the deaths and you're right. contributing to the dumb jock stereotype because you don't believe scientists. Um, I can't imagine there are any teammates that have done that. So I am curious how those conversations have gone between, and not just Kyrie and Kevin Durant, but any of the other players, whether it's Jonathan Isaacs or whether it's Andrew Wiggins or whatever, how those conversations have gone because teammates, listen, it's it's the sports cop-out, but it is an absolute real cop-out in sports that, hey, it helps us win. It gives sure. us a better chance to win if you're vaccinated. Yeah. And I wonder how much that I conversation mean, gets through to individual players. Is it Durant saying, look at me, I'm fine, there's no problem? I mean, that's what I would Might tell him. Be. Look at me. I mean, yeah. I, I got it, and I'm fine, and didn't have any after effects, and just go ahead and get it. Yeah. I, I mean, literally, it's FDA approved. Yeah. Like, like, what do you want? What, what, what do you wait uh, for? What are you? What are you gonna do? Oh, huh. uh, you know, I can't tell you that. Kellen Moore says the NFL should put a chip <laughs> in the ball to avoid calls like the missed touchdown on the Dak Prescott quarterback sneak. Our former partner. The AAF did put a chip in the ball <laughs> before they were bought by a billionaire who used that technology to, you know, make them put a chip in the puck in uh, the NHL. What are we getting this? What are we doing? What? How? Look, how do we have? How do we have old men running and trying to spot the ball? Well, it's, they are using a chain. I'm all for. Uh, <laughs> look, I'm. I'm just all. For, I'm just all for getting things right. So put the chip in. I'm all for it. Just get it right. They, they, these guys can't see. They have this overhead angle of Dak going in the uh, across the or, and yeah across the goal line. They still say he didn't get in. So put the chip in. Yeah. Like if it's if you tell me the chip is going to get that call right, not just that call right, but any call right that it's supposed to, then put the chip in the ball. Put the chip in the D pads too. Some, so like something. If, hey, yeah. oh, nope, he was down. Yeah, something. So in soccer, uh, they have goal line technology right. where. The referee literally, he wears a watch, mm -hmm. and they have, I think they use cameras, not a chip, but they have a system in place that if the soccer ball has to cross the goal line 100%, the entire ball's got to be right. over the entire line, if there's a close play, it'll buzz the referee's watch and tell him within five seconds it's whether crossed. or not the ball went in or not, and it's it's really quick. Like, there's there's that five seconds of, oh, God, what happened? But he gets a buzz on his watch, and he tells you no goal or goal. How, football's not even a continuous sport. We stop after right. every play. Like, we should absolutely be able to have some sort of system in place that spots the ball, or at the very least, when it's a touchdown type of play, tells you whether or not the ball got over the yep. goal line. Doesn't tennis use lasers? Yeah. Oh, yes. tennis is the best. It's, yes. It's far and away yes. the best like, replay system yeah. ever. Just put, like, oh, you wouldn't even need a chip in the ball. Yeah. You would just need, like, a laser that only reads the ball. Yeah. It's, it's, 
incredibly stupid how football spots the ball. It's like the most popular sport in this country with the absolute dumbest yeah. setup. We, like the, we, you hear coaches with the cliche, it's a game of inches all the damn time. And coaches lose inches to dumb refs the entire well, game. The best thing is like when the quarterback turns and puts up his hands as to how far the ball is from the chain. He's like, you don't know that. <laughs> like you're eyeballing it and you're not, it could be like six inches or two feet. And Derek Carr, he'll do that to John Gruden all the time. And I think his hands are separated the exact same amount every time. Like it, it can't be that. One um, it, foot. Yeah, it can't be that way every time. <laughs> They're using a, two guys with a chain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great question. Thank you. All right, let's get to this one. John Jones was arrested again, uh, but the police report, uh, John Jones allegedly pulled a woman's hair and headbutted a police car hours after one of his fights uh, was inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame last week. uh, The arrest report was released by Las Vegas Metro Police Department. Uh, He got arrested on two charges uh, and also headbutted the police car after they were already trying to apprehend him. Johnny's struggling. Oh, You're headbutting cars now? I've been struggling for a while. Yeah, time. I feel I feel bad I'm for the a, car. Yeah, exactly. I, that guy's got a good headbutt. I don't follow UFC that closely, and even I know John, John Jones. Jones. Oh my god. Yeah. Like how many times did yeah. the guy get arrested? Like how many a lot. Oh, he's got how many DUIs? More than two? Yeah. Like it's incredible. My, my, I mean, it's not even it's not even I don't think the list even begins oh. in Las Vegas. Go to the police department in New yeah. Mexico in Albuquerque. The two greatest high athletes of all time are John Jones and Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon broke the... Or he had, what what was it, 1,200 yards? Well, high. And this guy literally was just like, yeah, last time I fought somebody, I was high on cocaine and beat the crap out of him. <laughs> like, there's certain people that are just, like, insane to me in this regard. Yeah, like punching a car or put headbutting a car. The damage you're going to do to yourself in that situation. I know, Coming up next, I want to talk more about Shohei Otani. I love the idea of him being mad at the Angels. One out, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, tie game, 3-2. Inside ball four, Astros win it 4-3. Back-to-back bases loaded, walks by J.P. Shagwa, and the Astros' magic number is one. Field still in for the D-backs. Nobody out. Longoria, who doubled, is at third. Duggar, who singled, is at first. The 0-2 is in the dirt, and it gets by Kelly to the backstop. Longoria sprints home. He'll score. Six to two Giants. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Walk off walk. After that, after that back-to-back bases loaded walks to tie the game and win the game last night. You got a good feeling that you could get to the World Series? Yes. Okay. Oh, absolutely. All right. I well, think. you'll be insufferable. I you think. against the Cardinals? Yeah, I think. Who will not lost at that on, point? Hold on. And then they get swept by the Cardinals. <laughs> no. This would be the only time almost all of America is like, yeah, they're cheaters, but at least they aren't the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> so... Also, didn't the Cardinals hack into somebody's database? The they're cheaters, too. Yeah, yeah, they're they both did. cheaters, yeah. They hacked in. Got got their draft picks taken away. Um, so, Shohei Otani. Uh, this is great. I am I am all on board. The LA Times apparently has a columnist who speaks Japanese. And they had the columnist, like, watch the interviews. Because when I mean, Otani gets interviewed, he the questions asked in English, his translator right. translates in Japanese, and then it gets translated back. Back to English. And apparently, uh, 
translator might take some liberties with how exactly he asked Otani some what of a shock. questions. Because Otani was asked if he thought he could win with the Angels and if he wanted to stay with them. And Otani's interpreter apparently told, told Otani the question was, do you think the Angels can reach the playoffs in the next two years? Similar question, but not, not exactly, exactly the same. Otani's response to that was, I wonder. So Otani's response to that wasn't exactly, oh, yes, we can absolutely do this. Very concerning there. Um, he also said, I don't think we can win with the way things are. Um, he also talked to a magazine in Japan, and he said staying motivated was difficult in an organization that didn't add any reinforcements at the trade deadline and continued to play with a team that was still weak. Where's this guy been all year? I'm speaking in Japanese and nobody's well, yeah. been translating. Nobody, nobody's in check, checking what he's asking. <laughs> Maybe he's just been talking smack all year. And the, the question, the answers have always been yes. Okay. Like, you have a guy on staff who speaks Japanese and you're not going, hey, you're going to go cover the Japanese guy. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, this is the first time they're, they're like, what if wait, this was like an wait, editor? you speak Japanese? Yeah, well, wonder, you should go talk to Otani. Yeah, I wonder if this is a non-writer. They finally said, hey, by the way, Otani's finally saying something. Jimmy, you speak Japanese. Get on out there. And, like, the guy went out there. Because the only things that have been translated all year was, like, yes and no. I was like, yeah, this guy doesn't say anything. Well, Jared, I don't. to, to answer your question, I don't think there's been a contentious issue with Otani the entire year. No. Like He's it's always hit like, home runs and get people out. Like this was the first time. I, this I would imagine is the first time there's been like, hey, this team kind of sucks. Yeah. What do you like? What do you think? Like the rest of it's been like the guy's awesome. You, yeah. Hey, you're really good. <laughs> like, Can you talk about yeah. that? Right. Which yeah. is that's a, that's all you probably need to ask him. So I. So here's my question. You struck that one guy out on three pitches. Uh, what was going through your head? The Angels have two more years of Shohei Otani. Right now. Can they win the AL West? Can no, they be a no, playoff not, team in the next no, two years? No, no. So I mean, they weren't when Trout was playing with them. This so the AL West, the division, the Texas Rangers are and in like lost Pujols. are in the deep yeah. the deep part of a rebuild. The Rangers are awful. They're right. better than the Rangers this year. But you look at the the Seattle Mariners who are uh, randomly winning. They're 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 in a rebuild too. They're not supposed to be a playoff team, and they're a half game out right now. <laughs> but the Mariners being ahead of the Angels is a pretty big indictment on the Angels. The Angels, the Angels should be yes. ahead of the Mariners. You have the Oakland A's who don't spend money but are always competitive. Yes. Not really a great team, but always competitive. We'll see if they blow things up because they have fallen off the face of the earth the last right. month or so. So we'll hey, see. That's the hometown team. Yeah, we'll see how good they are. But at the end of the day, <laughs> the Angels should be better than all three of those teams, and they're only better than one of them. I, the real question is: they the have Astros. the Houston Astros in that division, yeah. and if they're going to be a playoff yeah. team, the wild card exists. But they've got to get better than the Houston yeah. Astros, and and they're not year, better than the ones in the East anyway. Right, and so for next year, the if the Astros don't make any acquisitions. They return everybody in their lineup except Carlos they Correa. The they don't sign the shortstop. Right. It's, he's the only one. Everybody else is under contract. So if they lose Correa, that's going to hurt, but they lead the right. league in runs. Like They're still going to be a top five offense. They're going to have a better offense than the Angels. The Astros also have the best ERA in the American League, and six of the seven starters they've used this year are under contract for next year. Five of them are under contract for the next five years. So the Astros are going to have better starting pitching then the Angels were next year as well. And the Astros have a better bullpen than the Angels do because the Angels' bullpen outside of one guy is 
a horror show. Right. It's really hard to see how the Angels are going to make the playoffs. I don't think they are. Even with Trout, Trout will come yeah. back and Trout will be healthy. And, like, but they can't pitch. Like they, they haven't been able to pitch. They, they have a they've decent. almost never been able to pitch. Yeah, ever. They have a decent. Uh, like you could envision them having a good offense because. Sure. Otani and Trout could both be MVP level hitters. 40 home run guys. And then Anthony Rendon's a good hitter mm-hmm. if he's healthy. Jared Walsh has had a good year. Like they they can have a really good top half of the order. The bottom half of the order is a big question mark. They'll probably have to spend money if they want to have a truly good lineup, one to seven, one to eight, one to nine, or whatever. But you can see a path where they may might have the second best offense in the AOS next year. But until there's anything pitching wise, until there's anything remotely competent on the mound. They, they don't have a shot. And even Until if those they... 20 guys that they just drafted, <laughs> two of them become good, then they're not going to – and you go to the East with the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Rays and now the Blue Jays. They're, you would talk about the wild card. I don't see it. Yeah. It's 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 hard to envision them as anything other than a wild card mm-hmm. team. And even in that scenario, tough. that's kind of hard. So you start looking at the Angels, and Otani's got two years left. If he's out here uh, – demand's <clears throat> probably not the right word, but if he's out here already talking about – Hey, we suck. Well, and you said we it yesterday. If better. he continues this run and they don't make playoffs, he's out. Yes. I mean, if he goes the next two years, well, what he did this year, he's like, right. the, God knows how much money he's going to well, make, but he's not staying around. Yeah. Well, do we have any example of anyone being like the best player on a bad team for and being like, I'm just going to stick it out besides no, Mike Trout? Mike Trout's the only one. Mike Trout's the only person I can think of that's like, I guess I'll just stay here. <laughs> Trout was interesting because he would have made that contract anywhere, if not more. That no, was he would have made more. Yeah, he probably would have made more, you yeah. know, in the Yankees or Dodgers, something like that. Yeah. Well, he's from he's from what uh, uh, West Jersey. That part. That's of why Philly, that everyone of... always thought the Yankees, but he didn't. I just, if you're the Angels right now, I wonder if you're the front office in the Angels. Do you have to like go all in this offseason? Like, do you have to be I out mean, there and spending? Like, do you have not to? They're not gonna do it. Do you have to decide? Hey, we got to go sign the two of the five biggest free agents or something. Like, we've got to go. Like, you're gonna do lose you Shohei to, Otani. Do you have to completely overpay for Max Scherzer? I, I don't know. Be what you do. Yeah. I now know. the problem is, is baseball owners don't like to spend money, and also you've got the great example of what the San Diego Padres just did, where Padres won the offseason. Yep. Padres had a massive offseason. And they're not going to make the playoffs. No, they're they're, they're going to be under 500, I think, yes. most likely. So it's, I mean, yeah, if you're the Angels, I, I wonder what you do as a front office. Because, again, Shohei Otani is its one of the greatest seasons we have ever mm-hmm. seen. One of the greatest players, and even if he falls off a little bit, still going to be one of the greatest players in the game. And they might just end up losing him because they can't put together. And a all he's talking team. about is losing or right. leaving. Yeah, and it's. So if you're the Angels, I don't know exactly what you do, but it feels like you gotta you gotta go all in on something. I don't know. You gotta do it smart, but you gotta figure out a way to you know whether it's there's like five free agent shortstops that are really good. You gotta. But do know. they need that or they need pitching? Well, they, they need, need pitching they need someone too, like Scherzer. They need someone like that. There's no actual salary cap. You can do both. The A's move to Las Vegas, and their first free agent signing is a five hundred million dollar contract to to Otani. I'd be happy. Did they get sold? Oh. <laughs> would be kind of cool though. But they never they, they never said they him. said they would spend more money if they got <laughs> yeah. if they got all this stuff for free. More than seven dollars yeah, is exactly. eleven dollars. So. Not five hundred million. <laughs> oh am, no, they they'd Bobby Bonilla it. 
for the next 40 years, Shahei, you're going to get a million dollars each. <laughs> Tani makes a million dollars every year for the, for the next, next 50 years. 500 years. <laughs> All right, coming up next, Jason Fitz joins the show. Do you want to schedule a parent-teacher conference after hearing Grainy's grades? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and let us know who deserves a higher grade. He plays the fiddle and is friends with Sarah Spain. And you are not. It's time for our weekly visit with ESPN's Jason Fitz. Jason, how are you? I'm doing great. How you, I mean, the Raiders are undefeated. How oh, are you? No. Oh, I'm God. unbelievable. I'm uh, unbelievable. Uh, right. <laughs> Boy, you came right away with that. You didn't even wait. But are they actually I mean, good? How can I wait? When I, I haven't <laughs> seen this since 2002. I'm not. I'm celebrating every second of every day right now. Like I'm trying to do the worm, and I don't know how to do the worm. Like that's that's what we're doing every second of it. And going into the Chargers game, come on. Like oh, yeah, we got to feel good. Would you say you're doing a victory lap in a bus around Arrowhead Stadium? Well, I don't know if I go that far, but <laughs> I have been. I, I've spent some time this morning texting some of my uh, coworkers that now suddenly are on TV saying Derek Carr is in the MVP conversation. When I keep reminding everybody that I said in August on Spain and Fitz that by the end of the year Derek Carr would be an MVP candidate, and some of them were laughing at me. So it's rare that I'm right. So I am just. Tooting my horn like you would not believe right now. I mean, technically, if you said by the end of the year, you're not right yet. I mean, that that is a fair point. But, you know, I can't be right later if I'm not right now. So let's go. <laughs> let's you, go. Were you afraid of being blocked by David Carr on Twitter? <laughs> I'm. Uh, you know what? Every time I say something slightly negative about DC, I, I look and just see, like, have I fallen on the radar uh, <laughs> uh, for either of the cars, like, where I'm, where I'm uh, on the off list? But it's mostly positive. But, you know... You never know, and, and uh, I, I think it might be a rite of passage for a lot of us. Like being blocked and then unblocked and then blocked again, is that's that's when you're elite category. You've been unblocked. Well, by other people, not by not by. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I, although I'd like to think that the the first time I played the national anthem for the Raiders in Oakland was uh, early in Carr's career, and he came up and gave me a bro hug afterwards and said, "Man, that was amazing." So I'd like to think that in his mind he realizes subconsciously we're besties. But, you know, I'm not sure. I can't confirm that. I can't deny it, so I'm not going to, but I can't confirm. All right, so 60% of this show, or 66.6% of this show is blocked by the Carr brothers. So uh, at least, you know, all right, now that you join us, you can tell us what they think. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, if you, if you want me to, like, slide in and, like, get, get a message across for you, like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll subtweet and see. Yeah, no, I won't. I'm not risking my relationship. I mean, if this goes well, then Carr's going to be the quarterback for the next eight years. You know, oh, like, oh. boy, years. what if they're zero and three? Oh, three and zero. Look at you, <laughs> boy. You were on I, fire. Nathan Peterman I, would never get a shot then. Yeah. Wait, what? Nathan Peterman. He's got to get a shot eventually, right? They oh, keep Peterman. Him. No, Peterman's on scholarship as a backup. Like, look, <laughs> I, I was, so I was talking to my buddy Harry Douglas, and I don't think I'm violating any circle of trust here. Like Harry and I. We're, uh, we're, they, we work together on Saturdays for college football digital shows for ESPN. So we watch college football all day, and we were talking about backup quarterbacks. And he said when he was playing for the Titans, there was one particular backup quarterback, nobody uh, that's still in the league, but one particular backup quarterback that suddenly realized he was going to have to get into the game. And immediately he said, oh, shoot, not that way, because he realized he was going to have to play. And he's like, oh, man, I didn't really want to have to get in. 
and that was real on the sideline. I think Peterman's looking back here being like, yeah, I'll like look, I'll just hang out in the team hotel and ride the team planes, and, you know, when I'm active, I'm active, and when I'm not active, that's cool. Like, how much of the checks there? Yeah, I'll do that all day for you, Coach. Like, I'm convinced that Peterman is just, like, working his way into being, like, a quarterback coach at some point, and he's on scholarship from Gruden until that happens. So how do they not lose to Justin Herbert by 20 on Monday night? Uh, well, I think a couple of things have to happen. Like, first and foremost, I don't, I don't hate this matchup. I'm going to be honest with you. I think uh, both of these teams are really good this year, and I would like to take a second to throw a lot of Raiders fans under the bus, frankly, because coming into the season, the number of people that were tweeting me saying, how could the idiots at ESPN think Denver and the Chargers were going to be any good? And, you know, the answer to that constantly, and I went back and asked a lot of them, the answer constantly was, Look at the rosters and look at the talent that they have. Denver needed a quarterback, and they're getting consistent quarterback play. I'm not sure they're going to be great, but the Chargers are a super talented football team. So I think both of these offenses can move. The question is, what's the health going to be? Because we've seen Casey Hayward have to dip out of the last couple of games. He's obviously got some issues that are bothering him. And when the Raiders have injury issues, look at the end of the Miami game. If Diablo's on the field, you're going to get picked on, right? Like nobody thought that was going to be somebody relying on. So I think for the Raiders, if they come into the game relatively healthy defensively, I think it's a really strong matchup. Trayvon Mullen has played incredibly well this year, I think, early in the season for what I expected. Uh, Casey Hayward has been an absolute delight. We all know about the linebackers playing competently, which has been unexpected. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like you're looking at a defense that can match up with this Chargers offense. It's going to be a test, but this feels to me like two teams that are going to score in the third season. A heck of a matchup. I mean, I think the Raiders can win this football game. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be uh, like every week. How in control is Carr from the get-go, and is there any semblance of a running game? I mean, biggest issue the Raiders are going to have is health, and if that offensive line can actually gel together. Because so far, the poor play of the offensive line is just being like smoke screened over by Win. Yeah, I mean, you've talked to us quite a bit about the offensive line, and, and during the offseason you said you thought it would get better as the season went on because you've got a rookie out there at right tackle, guys that haven't played a lot of games, that haven't played a lot together. Uh, do you still think it gets better enough, or do you think we're talking about a bad offensive line all sixty or all 17 games of the season? Uh, I think Leatherwood has a chance to get to get good. It's going to take some time. And look, you've seen, like, we could look at, it depends on, like, glass half full, glass half empty, right? You could do some highlight rips of him absolutely bear-hugging and mauling people, and then you can do some highlight rips of him standing there while he realizes that that wasn't Casper the Friendly Ghost. He was supposed to actually get in front of somebody. So like, I think the up and down is just part of what you signed up for. I think the biggest concern, frankly, is James. And it's not just because I really thought Rodney Hudson was underrated. Let me be loud about that. It's not even the missed snaps that we saw, the high snaps, over the last couple of weeks. It's the fact that there are times that he goes full Raggedy Ann and Andy and gets just <laughs> off the side by whoever's in the middle of the line. So I think that's going to be an issue all year long. Like, he's just he's not as big as some people think, and so far he's not playing as well as I think most of us hope. I believe that the organization believes in Tom Cable and his ability to get them to be better, but I went in hoping that the top end was going to be really good offensive line, and I think – the top end at this point looks like it's an okay offensive line that the team sort of navigates through, and we're going to be talking a lot about the interior of the offensive line going into next year's draft. How many uh, times is Derek Carr going to have to jump for the snap this week? I mean, a little sneaky athleticism there, too, like his ability to, to, to jump. Boy. Like, 
Oh, you really don't want to get blocked. Yeah. You are on fire today. Sneaky athleticism. Oh, the the block is never coming. I believe I mean, Derek I'm Carr just, can dunk. Jason I, I've, I've seen plenty of quarterbacks that do not look fluid going up to get the ball, you know? So I'm just saying, he gets up and still gets his feet set. Like, that's not bad. Like, that's not uh, the, the, the fact that he, you know, landed on the ball for an 18 yard loss in one play is you know, it's not bad. This gets a disaster at center. He did, uh, I was saying yesterday, some of those snaps are even over end, you know, end over end ones. He can't even do it smoothly. I mean, I, I actually give Carr a lot of credit for te- for catching some of those things. Yeah, I, it's been, and that's sort of the alarming thing because look, we know they've been working on it, and we know how often <laughs> the Raiders go into like it's not like they walked into practice this week and said, guys, let's not work on snapping. So yeah. something's happening in the game where all of a sudden. You know, James is looking at it, and he's like, ah! You know, and that's all. That's what it feels like, right? Like, it feels like I was always an unathletic fat kid that then became an unathletic, really skinny kid. There was no in-between for me. And I feel like if I was forced to play with somebody right on top of me, I would yell a little like a child as I snapped the ball, and then I would just lay down. And that's, that's sort of what I, I imagine in my head. I can hear the, ah! As he snaps the ball, and then it's just like trying to get in the way of whoever's throwing him aside. Like, it's just, it has not been good early on, but... That being said, I mean, I, I will be fair. I was wrong. I said that, you know, Derek Carr could take a step back early in the season because he doesn't like no quarterback, like stuff at his feet. I thought junk at his feet would hold him back. It hasn't. He has been a delight with junk at his feet. So I, I'm really surprised. Do they need to throw Brian Edwards the ball before overtime? <laughs> yeah, that is a curious thing. Like, does Brian Edwards have some go-go gadget energy that we don't know about? That, like, by the fourth quarter, suddenly you can't cover Brian Edwards anymore? But I will say... Uh, a lot of credit, uh, I'll steal this from Mina Kimes, who uh, was deep diving the last couple of matchups, and she was texting me the other day saying, if you go back and watch the film, a lot of what's happening is that the key on Waller is forcing every safety to cheat up so much that safeties just aren't in a good position to stop a wide receiver that can make a move. And so I think what we're seeing in the fourth quarter, frankly, is that they've decided that they're not going to let Darren Waller beat them. And as a result, they're cheating so much that now Edwards is, is doing it. But i got to give Edwards and Ruggs both a lot of credit. I mean, Ruggs looked like he straight up was doing the milk crate challenge with an invisible milk crate under him with one of those catches. <laughs> like, he climbed up and high-pointed that football in a way that I don't think a lot of people last year were giving him credit to be able to do. So I think both of them are going to get a bigger and bigger role. And fantasy football owners are going to hate this offense. But if Carr wants to go in and, and look for eight or nine guys every single week and, and have four guys with 200-yard perception. Uh, receiving in the first three games, like that's the way he's going to run this offense, and it's going to make it impossible for your fantasy team, but great for your real one. Jason, you've been filling in every once in a while on Raider Nation Radio, our sister station. Uh, when, when are we making that permanent? When 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 is there going to be Jason Fitz on the uh, Raider Nation Radio? Like when are you I, getting you know, a slot? I, I, I don't have the power uh, to make that decision, but you know, if they ever wanted to make that decision, I'd, I'd you be got willing the clout. To I've been willing to uh, I've been willing to have that conversation hardcore. Look, I, at the end of the day, you know, the funniest thing, and you guys can appreciate this, this is way in the weeds for people listening, but, like, I worked local radio in Nashville, and local radio, by the way, is way tougher than national radio because when you're national, you can just talk about whatever you want every day. When you're local, you know, you really have to have a focus and an understanding of local teams. And for me, doing it in Nashville every day, talking about the Titans, I mean, I, at the time, it was Mariota was all we ever talked about. I remember finishing a week of radio, and I was like, well, we spent a week talking about Mariota. What are we talking about next week? And the programming director looked at me and said, 
Mariota. And I was like, oh, God. And so, like, there was a moment for me where I was just sort of rolling my eyes. It's different, though, when it's your favorite football team and the team you grew up around. Like, for me, I can talk about the Raiders till I'm blue in the face. Like, half the time I feel like my wife just wants to come in and give me, like, some sort of a lollipop or something and be like, this will shut them up for the next seven minutes so I don't have to hear about anything with the defensive line play this week. So, you know, I love doing it. All right, get out of here, Jason. He's Jason Fitz Thank from you, buddy. ESPN. Yeah, we best. appreciate it, appreciate Jason. Appreciate it, bud. Well, at least we got him on the phone today. Yeah. What's uh, what's going on here? Uh, he calls us. We call him. There's some kind of a mix-up at this point and with the, uh, he the, never, the wires crossed. He never hears the imaging. I, 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 he has his own open that I don't think he's heard. It's a great in, open, too. In, in like four months. Great open. Never picks up the phone. Has to call no, us. He, he texted us. us saying he was he ready goes, to I'm go. I'm ready. Let's and go. I called him three times. <laughs> and he didn't answer. And I just went, all right, he'll call us. Yeah. And he called us eventually. It and the, the best part is he calls on, he doesn't call on the guest line. <laughs> yeah, why not? We don't need a guest line. Coming up next, uh, maybe you shouldn't try to sus- or, uh, bribe the drug tester. <laughs> was there any consideration at any point Sunday to, to making a change at quarterback and try to get a spark? No, it was not. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Okay, so this is an incredible story in the NFL. Um, if you, We actually talked about this a couple weeks ago. Lyle Collins of the Dallas Cowboys. He got suspended five games for violating the NFL's substance abuse policy. But the confusion was that he didn't get suspended for failing a drug test and there was nothing in the NFL substance abuse policy about a five-game suspension. They just sort of made the five games up. So it's confusing. It's like, okay, what happened? What did he actually do to get suspended? Well, now we know. Um, Collins was suspended five games because he tried to bribe the NFL's drug tester. It's creative. (laughs) I'm surprised the NFLPA didn't get him a raise out of this thing. Never mind suspended for five games. But it's even better because the NFLPA was in the process of negotiating this suspension down to two games. But Collins said, no, thank you. I am appealing this because (laughs) I should not be suspended at all. So it went to a third party arbiter and that arbiter ruled, wait, you tried to bribe the drug tester? (laughs) No, you get the full five games. So we know how much though. Uh, no, I don't uh, think we know the, the know. amount that he tried to know. I want to know not. how much he thought the drug tester was worth. That is a, that is a very good question to get him off for this, uh, for the seven failed <laughs> drug test. That is a very it's hard good to talk question. yourself around seven because yeah, it's seven. I so mean, that is a good question because you're basically asking the guy to risk his job. Yes. Because and, if, well, unless it's a lot of money. Right, and so that's I mean, the question. If if Collins came to him and was like, "Here's two hundred and fifty bucks," uh, no, no, if you chance. add another zero, right now. But would you do it for twenty five hundred? I don't feel like that's no. enough. No, what I would be think, enough for you right now? I mean, you got to talk about like a year's salary, right? Minimum. I don't know how much is. I, I don't know Minimum. how much drug testers get paid, but like, let's just say if Leo Collins came to him and said, "I got fifty thousand dollars for you," if no. you just if you just ignore this, I don't do that. I'd consider it. Would you? Yeah. I guess. Wow. Okay. It depends. It depends on like my career path and like what my objective is. Like if my goal is to some, I don't know what, the, I don't know how you even get into being a drug tester, but if that's like, <laughs> if that's like my career, 
right? And like that's this what is, you're gonna do. This the is next what I've been years. doing. This is what I want to keep doing. Yeah. Then no, I'm not taking fifty thousand dollars. If I just fell into this. And it's like, how the hell do they end up taking people's pee for a living? No, you have to watch them, too. Yeah, then $50,000? All right, I'll take yeah. it. And if I get caught and fired, I don't need to work in this industry ever again. I'll find a different industry yeah. to work in. I'd consider it at $50,000. Again, I don't know how much these guys get paid. Maybe they get paid a lot of money. I don't mm. know. Like, maybe they're maybe they're making six figures to go around and watch NFL players pee and then, like, 50 grand. Get the hell out of here. But I don't know what they get paid, and I meet them every Wednesday and Thursday out at the Raiders <laughs> facility when we get tested. And I, the last thing I'm going to do is ask them how much they get paid. Wave around $100. They're very, see they're see very, if you can uh, get out of your COVID No, test. they're very nice people, and they're very, very professional. Um, I, I just want to know. I want to know what he believed would be enough for a drug tester to just wave the, to po- the positive test and say, no, he was negative. I'd do it for five grand. <laughs> is that your price? Uh, actually, no. Probably five hundred is closer <laughs> to my actual price. <laughs> Have to add some zeros. I Tyler's right though, and especially if you thought you could just go get another job somewhere else and you're fine, and the guy's going to write you a check for fifty G's, and you're like, well, I can just go get a job right. over here. Right. Like if you're like if your yearly salary is fifty thousand dollars, and this guy offers you fifty thousand dollars. You and you're not and you're not wed to the idea of testing people's pee for the next twenty right. years. You take it and then you, hell, you might keep doing your job because nobody ever finds out. And you just make that's 50 true. Grand. That, we didn't even think of that. But you get the fifty grand, and if somebody finds out and they fire you, then it's okay. Well, I got fifty yeah. grand. This is what I was going to get paid for the next twelve months anyway. Listen, this guy failed seven times. No one's going to believe he's negative, so they're going to be checking <laughs> your bank account. No one's. Gonna be, this, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you're like, uh, uh, he seems a little off for the last month. Can I they think take he's. Your money? I think he's positive. Like if he bribed him and I take fifty thousand, and then they find out that he paid me fifty thousand, can like somebody take that from me? You know what that is? I have some plans for that. Question the Sam, for Sam and Ash, Ash. question. All right. <laughs>